Taylor. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. We have me. I am Wendy and Beth <laughs> and Minnie. And Hi. together we make up Fruit Loops. And this is our video club episode. And the video we watched was a documentary called Crack, Cocaine, Corruption and Conspiracy. Yes. It is a 2021 documentary film. It was a Netflix original. So they had mm -hmm. pulled out all the stops. Directed by Stanley Nelson, and it focuses on the emergence and the effects in the 1980s crack epidemic in the United States, which resulted in negative effects. That seems like there should be a harsher word for that yeah. on America's inner city. <laughs> and it came out in January of 2011. And I just wanted to say I watched it when it came out because this oh, was during the pandemic. Yeah. And oh, I'm okay. certain I shouted it out as oh. a, a shout out recommendation. Okay. So I will be curious to see if any fruities consumed it then or now and what they think if they are not joining us on this right. video call. But what did you guys think? Any opening thoughts? It was really good. Yeah. yeah it was a really good documentary. Sad. Very sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That part where the little boy was like, please don't take my mother away. Oh, yeah. I know. They that play it in the trailer. They play it in the beginning of the video and then they show you the scene and it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Heart heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 Well, the first place I went to <laughs> after watching it was the reviews. I wanted to see what other people had to say. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. And I saw really? some of those. Boy, oh, Tell me boy. you're racist without telling me you're racist. Seriously, they were like, there's, <laughs> what did they say? Huh? It wasn't Reagan or the cops or systemic racism that made us afraid and kept our streets dirty. It what? was greed and a ghetto mentality. Another one was, oh my God. This documentary was a hit piece on Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it really yeah. wasn't. It's, it was just if the anything, truth. They, yeah, yeah I, 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 yep, I oh, lived through all of that. Yeah, remember all it's of all that. true. And, yeah, it is all true. Yeah, and uh, I remember. Um, so when Ronald Reagan got elected, I think I was twelve or something like that, and I remember my mom like sobbing uncontrollably, and I didn't understand it at the time. Like why having a certain person be elected president would make her so upset. And I didn't completely understand it until Trump got elected. And then mm -hmm. I was the one who was like, I can't believe this is happening, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. she said, uh, I remember her saying something at, at the time that this was going to change everything and forever. And, you know, he was going <sighs> to do terrible things and all of that. And she was um, right. Was 100%. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That's so wild because I just want to read one more. <laughs> one oh, more yeah, review. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Another documentary that makes addicts out to be victims who have no choice or responsibility for their actions. Oh, anyway, God. these reviews, there was lots Terrible. of terrible. Yeah. Those were just that, a few. There were I can't I've looked at the reviews, too. I didn't write them down, but. Yeah, there was a lot of them about how this is false history and Slander, blah, blah, blah. Agenda yeah. with a oh capital A. Yeah. <laughs> Just crazy stuff. But I, too, really, really enjoyed the documentary. So we talked about Reagan. That's kind of where they started it after we saw mm -hmm. the clips of users and dealers and former addicts either on the street, like actual archival footage. And then there was interviews with them where they were talking about kind of how it first started and how they felt. And then I also want to comment on the soundtrack because it's all oh, it's entirely yeah. a hip hop soundtrack. So good. And yes. And what I think is important to note is, especially hip hop at the time was telling the story of what yeah. exactly was going yep. on. And People are just like, light it up. This music yeah. is so great. But <laughs> and it, I didn't I didn't understand that at the time either. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to have an appreciation for it. I think 2020 in vision terms, not the yeah. right, right. Is, is hindsight. But it all yeah. made it total sense. It was a perfect backdrop for this documentary. So the first hip hop tune is Public Enemy rocking yeah. in the background. And they show us that there's some white guy, I can't remember what his name was, but he he was like, drugs were blamed for all the issues in society that society allowed to fester and we're afraid to confront. And then they, we cut to the Republican National Convention. I had to pause it for a second and just stop and look. What is it about Ronald Reagan that has Ugh. people so like, have, they have such a hard on for him in that time. But the same one, it's like Trump. the same with Trump. I don't get or, or Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Why? I don't yeah, get it. <laughs> but he's, I mean, I just, I don't see it. 
But the historian did make a really important comment about how he seemed to really speak to the people who felt left behind, specifically the white people who yes, felt left behind. Yes, definitely the white people. Yeah. yeah. I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. But the 80s was an interesting time and everybody comments about it, how, you know, there's Wall Street and all of a sudden there's this influx of money. And we should note that the year before before 1980 was the 70s. And there's one year in the 70s that was the deadliest year on record in the city of New York. So there was a lot of crime. And I think people thought, oh, Ronald Reagan will will help us. He's going to fix it. Yeah. 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 But so quickly that all turned around. This make America great again turned into make America a pile of doo-doo. And <laughs> unemployment <laughs> went through the roof. And there is a, a the neuroscientist, his name is Dr. Hart. And he, I'm very familiar with his work. He wrote a book a little while ago, but he is a really strong advocate for the decriminalization of drugs in general. And he actually studies drugs. So I was glad that they included him in the doc. Anyway, the economy was stimulated. People were going out dancing again. And cocaine was this like elite, fancy schmancy drug that people yeah. used to have fun. And they were interviewing people who were like, I've used it a couple of times. And this one guy was like, I couldn't wait to graduate from college and start making money so I could just buy it and be a part of that lifestyle. And, you know, they had that clip of I don't know if that was the first Wolf of Wall Street. But that wasn't like oh, Wall, Wall Street. It was. Oh, uh, is that what it was? Yeah, called? it was uh, Martin Sheen, wasn't it? No, yeah, no, no. Wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, I get them, I get them okay. mixed up. For yeah, some they look reason. similar. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, greed is good. And his hair yeah. slicked back. And, you know, it. one guy said it, it felt like the city was coming back. And there was. Uh, addicts describing the drug it was a glitzy drug you know you could stay up all night and have fun and then they cut to Scarface and um, he that movie helped make the drug even more popular and one of the former dealers her name is Mac Mama Williams was like this is if you if you got this this means that you have money people with money get this drug and another historian they had a lot of historians there's hip-hop historians cultural historians They were all really interesting. Yeah, they were. Coey Rodriguez was my favorite one. He's a snack. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) he he said cocaine was too expensive for people who were BIPOC and people who were poor in the inner city. And they talked about how Reagan's with the Reagan administration, there was this proliferation of wealth for only a few people at the expense of the many. So then cut to 1982. He's cutting welfare. He's cutting school lunch for the kids. He's cutting. He's taking the solar panels off the White House that Jimmy Carter put on. Just yeah. cut, 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 cut. Just being a and, dickhead. And it's so now like to look back on the damage that he did. I don't yeah. I just it, it makes me so mad. I had the privilege, I would say, of going to the Jimmy Carter library, the, the museum and the solar panels, the humanitarian aid. The mental health initiatives that he was doing for the country, the um, he really uh, cared economic, yeah, like, yeah, mm-hmm. for people who really yeah. needed it. And as soon as Ronald Reagan came in, he just took all of that off. Yeah. And he should be ashamed of himself. He anyway, should. <laughs> 
So he eliminates a bunch of stuff. Unemployment goes super duper high. And then they cut to the next cool hip hop song by Grandmaster Flash. We're talking about broken, broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the street. It's like they just don't care. Can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Anyway, so that was cool. And then there was this dude. His name is Samson, but I've referred to him in my notes as dude. Um, and- <laughs> the dude abides. There, There's people who are on the other side of the whole. There's a whole economy for crack at the time. So was it Samson users- Styles? Yes. The black former guy? dealer. Yes. 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 Okay. Um, he talked about how he didn't have money. And then all of a sudden with the sale of crack, he did have money. There was a former homicide detective who talked about During this time, he was a child and all the things that he had to do to survive, including stealing from people, Um, stealing from the store, stealing, you know, say, hey, man, can I help you with your groceries? And, you know, run away with a a bag or two. One former dealer was talking about before he started dealing the poverty that he experienced and described having holes in his shoes and being so embarrassed during picture day that he would cover his shoes with hands. And there's an activist. I forgot his name, but he talked about that. Nobody really understands how traumatic poverty can be yeah, and that when you are in poverty and you have an opportunity to escape it, you will do anything you can to take it. And so when you're broke and oppressed and something comes along to change that for you, you're going to take it, even if it is crack cocaine. So from 1982 to 1984, cocaine Mm -hmm. starts entering the United States by 50%. What happened? Then the price of cocaine started to fall and Ronald Reagan goes on TV and he's like four to five million people use this drug regularly. And they're talking about how uh, you can't even get one Cuban cigar across the border, but a gazillion pounds of cocaine get through no problem. What is this? So they're implying that there's no way that this is just coming from people in the inner city. This is bigger than this. And I'm really glad that they kind of zoomed out at some point during the documentary and talked about that graphic of the three countries, the United States, Iran, and Nicaragua, and what was moving from country to country. So the United States was selling, basically, I think Congress was like, Ronald Reagan, you need to stop asking us for money for whatever nonsense you were trying to combat in Nicaragua. It's a little country in Central America. It's not that big of a deal. But Reagan, I think, was trying to fight communism. And you guys stop me if I'm wrong, because I no. don't remember this. this point. No, you're not wrong. Was, okay. Yeah, they were talking about Marxism specifically at the time. And by the way, what's the problem with Marxism? Doesn't everybody get what they need with Marxism? Uh, it's well, I wrong? different politics. I don't know. It's, OK, well, I, yeah, um, well, it turns into fascism is the problem. Yeah, it, yeah, uh, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, well. Yeah. I think at least that's been our experience with other other nations. Um, Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why communism America has been so against it, but they were. And it was in Nicaragua. They were terrified of communism coming to this country. Uh huh. Yeah. So at first, the United States Congress was supporting efforts to combat communism in Central America. And then they stopped. And Ronald Reagan was like, well, how am I going to fund my bullshit? So he starts selling, <laughs> he starts selling, he starts selling weapons to people in Iran. Then the, the money from the weapons goes back to the United States and somehow the planes are also, okay, I wrote a diagram. Hang on. <laughs> okay. So the Iran Contra scandal is complicated. <laughs> it is complicated. Anybody? And I didn't fully understand it at the time. I remember the hearings. Okay. Oh, you uh, watched them? I don't know if I like sat down and watched them, but, uh, you know, I would see highlights Mm -hmm. as Oliver North, wasn't it? Or was that something else? Do you remember, Minnie? Yeah, Oliver North. Oliver North. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, I don't know who that is, but so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was he was in the Aaron Contra scandal. He was part of it. Okay, so basically. The Iran-Contra scandal, weapons went to Iran, money went to the United States, drugs came in from Nicaragua, and then the drugs came to the United States, and then they got funneled into the inner cities. Right. And that whole cycle funded whatever fuckery Reagan was trying to pull off. Uh, Side note, it didn't work and, you know, helped destabilize Central America. And now we have 
an issue with people seeking asylum at our border today. But we cut to one famous drug dealer who you hear about him a lot in rap songs, Freeway Rick Ross. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show. Um, what show is that? Uh, with Franklin Snowfall on FX. Oh, I have. I know of it, but I haven't watched it it's yet. Is so it about good. him? It's a yeah. So the oh, main wow. character is based on Freeway Rick Ross, who okay. started. Um, he got a lot of his supply from Nicaragua, mm-hmm. um, but he figured out. He realized, and he talks about this in the documentary. People used to like freebase and make crack on their own, but it was like a complicated Inconvenient. process. Yeah. yeah, and so now here comes the dealer. Greg offers his customer service. He'll break it down for you and sell it to you in the form that you desire to, to it. smoke yeah. it. Yes. And so he realized that you could make a lot of money doing this. He made a lot of money in Los Angeles. And then there were some big players on the East Coast. And now with cocaine being cheaper, crack was also cheaper. And people who were really poor had access to cocaine in a way that they had not before. Right. And Couple that with the despair, the unemployment, the lack of resources. I mean, what else do you expect people yeah. to do? Yeah. Um, and they say it, they said in the documentary that it all happened really, really fast. About the CIA nonsense, I never knew this before watching this documentary, but the head of the CIA actually went to a high school in Watts to speak to the community and give them a chance to air their grievances at the CIA. And they were like, how could you do this? Like one woman said, why did you do this to our community? How did you allow all this to come in? And he was like, how dare you guys accuse the CIA of doing this? We didn't do it. You guys are just big, bad complainers uh, and didn't take any accountability. But then I guess after that meeting, the CIA did do an investigation. It was like, oh, we did do all We did have something to do with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they also talk about like what happened to the community during the crack epidemic. And again, there's no jobs. And there was this campaign. Do you guys remember the McDonald's campaign? (laughs) You know, I didn't I didn't remember it, but I know you've talked about it before. So when that came on, I was like, oh, that's that commercial (laughs) Wendy always talks about. Yeah, (laughs) they were like. Oh, and there was this. They just showed one commercial, but it was a whole like years long campaign. Calvin, you know, he used to be like this disrespectful young guy on the street, but he gets a job at McDonald's and all of a sudden turns into a good kid. Oh, yeah. He's respectful. And then cut to one of the dealers who's like, I worked at McDonald's. They paid minimum wage and it wasn't shit. So fuck (laughs) you, Calvin. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. Fuck you, Calvin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) What else? So they talked about how fast the drug could come into your hands and sell it. One guy described being able to sell 100 vials in 20 to 30 minutes. Um, and it was and, white people who were using, too. Yeah. They, and this, this is another one of the negative reviews is the statistic went by kind of fast. But they said two thirds of crack cocaine users in the United States were white. Right. In Los Angeles, there were a bunch of black people convicted of federal crack cocaine crimes. But in right. Los Angeles alone, not one person, not one white person was convicted. I thought they said the whole country. They didn't. I had to oh, rewind okay. that. Okay. And, yeah. and, and that, and that's why I said it went by so fast. So it was uh, yeah, Los Angeles County. Yeah. And you could you could totally be, you could be misled infer, by that stat. Yeah. yeah. And be angry. I get like, oh, this is very one sided. But yeah. it's just one part of the United States. I would I, I would guess that more black people were arrested for crack than. Oh, yeah, people. for sure. Yeah. So 100%. Yeah. I, I have an ad- admission to make in okay. that my whole life until fairly recently thought that rock cocaine and crack were two different things. I didn't know it was crack though, because <laughs> in the social group I was in, I don't know if this is common, but they weren't referring, they were calling it rock uh-huh. cocaine. Uh-huh. And it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, still on my list of things to do, ladies. Um, so addiction is a complicated thing. Yeah. And during different phases of your life, or you know, depending on the trauma that you have or what else is affecting you, you know, something might be addictive to one person and not to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the fault of the person. That's just kind of how things happen, you know? So that was interesting because I, I was fascinated by the chemical process. 
And yeah. And I thought the free base thing was, was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then rock, which I thought was just, you know, a different stage of, of which it is, I guess, free basing, but I didn't know that that's what they called crack. And Mm -hmm. it was the Mm eighties. So um, (laughs) everybody, everybody was, everybody was doing it. The documentary is accurate. Everybody Mm -hmm. was doing it. It was like, so it wasn't like something that we worried about a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even that song, White Lines. Yeah. Go blow away. Oh, yeah, blow away. Yeah. <laughs> Something like a phenomenon, baby. <laughs> I have so much to learn. And <laughs> um, but back to, uh, so. Yes, back uh, to. <laughs> one quick, the documentary is broken up into chapters. So cut to chapter three. The historian Coey talks about how crack cocaine was different in compared to like heroin and meth. Like you had to be like in the mob, have these established connections, established like crime businesses in order to have access to be able to engage in selling that, right. that those drugs. And with crack, you really could start a whole business with a little bit of capital to start with and, and be taken off making a lot of money right away. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins, convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts, people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done. And that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. They talked about how there was a lot of money coming in. Everybody involved in the economy of it was young. And then you combine all this money, young people, give them weapons so that they could protect their you know, businesses. Assets. And it's a recipe for disaster. And then mm-hmm. prior to all of the deaths and the violence, police were not coming into the neighborhoods. Police looked the other way at the sale of drugs. They were just walking around with their billy clubs, looking the other way, not paying attention. And people weren't getting arrested for this stuff. But then when the murder started to happen, things started to take a turn. They really did not. Police did not care as much until that officer was killed. Right. Do you remember that part of the doc? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what his name was, but there had been all these deaths. And Nancy Reagan and her stupid ass, don't just say no. <laughs> just this, say no. Yeah, oh, it's that easy? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that was their response to a public health Emergency. epidemic and crisis, yeah. was just tell them to say no. Yeah. And I've talked about this before on the show. Sometimes you cannot just say no. It's yeah. not safe to do so. You could mm-hmm. get harmed for rejecting you know engaging in this your family could get hard like it's it's really not that simple it's not simple no she made it into like this very simple thing and none of it is simple and we knew at the time how stupid it was yeah Yeah. everyone made fun of her yeah oh yeah can we talk about the campaigns (laughs) because oh my god there was clint eastwood oh god herman mike tyson i can't think of another celebrity but they were all like don't do crack and then there was that egg this oh is yeah, the yeah. This is your brain right. on drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh. never understood that commercial. <laughs> I learned because... it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that was an ad. Yeah. yeah, 
Oh, no. I don't remember. Wow. I just always thought eggs are delicious. What do eggs have to do with drugs? I just <laughs> not. Oh, but it, it, now, yeah, it was dumb back yeah. then. And, and it's dumb now. Yeah. There's <laughs> just the. I mean, if they maybe had talked to an, a user or an addict yeah. or talked to any f- mental health. Professional, yeah, they, 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 everything. Yeah. Any, everything was made very simple. Yeah. Black and yeah. white. Yeah. yeah. And that's. Honestly, that's how Republicans think. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I'm really glad you brought that up. The performance of yeah. action is really gross to me. And that leads me to another thing. And <laughs> Papa Bush hired that guy to buy drugs. Oh, yeah. Outside the and then they arrested him. And, and then yeah. he goes, this America is crack cocaine sold right here on the streets oh, of the yeah, White House. right across the street yeah, yeah. and then it, and they, they set the whole thing up they set it up yep. yeah. you guys are so sick gross yeah oh my god so you guys suck yeah they, <laughs> zero stars uh, <laughs> would not recommend would not recommend <laughs> <laughs> uh so we get a little bit more testimonials from former dealers and former addicts they show footage of more deaths occurring. They, this also got me is that the kids in the neighborhoods knew what was happening. Like they, they interviewed a group of kids and the kids were like, these people are coming from New Jersey to get yeah. drugs. Yeah. And that was kind of sad. Yeah. And then speaking of the kids, they start talking about crack babies. And right. this was, it blew me away. That it was the whole notion of a yeah. crack baby is a lie based yeah. on 23 births. But what they did after that study that should have oh never God. been published was horrific. Horrific, yeah. This basically started criminalizing women. Women. Um, yeah. just, just what they're trying to do now. Exactly. Abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy for, it seems like it's just really easy for Republicans to do. Yeah. Um, and maybe politicians in general, but it seems blame women for everything to yeah. blame. Yeah. So there was this one woman who was honest with her doctor. This is why yeah. black people should not tell their doctors the truth. Yeah. So she this told her so doctor she was struggling. So she's yeah. like, I'm having issues with substance use and I would like some help. <laughs> and they said, you're going to jail and you're going to lose your kids. And yeah, offered no help was offered. That to was fucked up at yeah. all. And that, and I that, just want to punch that doctor in the face. Yeah. I do too. Speaking of the doctor, there was this nurse. Oh, the nurse! I want to punch her in the nurse face. Nurse Betty. <laughs> yeah, she starts interviewing black pregnant women, just black and, women, like looking through their bags, like and asking them all these questions about their relationships to substances, and reporting these women to to the police authorities. Yeah. yeah, and so as soon as their babies are born or they're on the delivery room table, they're getting handcuffed. And taken away to jail. And I'm also glad the documentary talked about what harm to women in society does to a community. So by having all these mothers removed from the homes, having all these children removed from their mothers because of their kids being bored as crack babies. Shut the fuck up, Geraldo. (laughs) He said, this mother just gave birth yesterday. And until today, she was so high, she didn't even realize she had a child. Yeah, it's bullshit. I know, I know, I know. And it seems like the media it just really fed they ate into... it up. And Geraldo yeah. was the worst. I hate Geraldo. You know, yeah. at the time, I didn't realize how bad he was. Yeah, um, I didn't either. I, think any I just of thought us of did. him as entertaining, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then he did that alcohol. In retrospect. Then, yeah, in retrospect. <laughs> you know what? We all learned a valuable lesson about Geraldo. And we that sure did. He, he sucks. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> And there's nothing in that stupid vault. And I watched that for hours. Remember when he was drawing the coordinates when they were, he was in Afghanistan or Iraq and he was like, hey, here's where we are drawing it in the dirt. Do you remember oh that? God, like giving no. away where these secret where they ops are. were taking Like, oh, place. Jesus Christ, what an idiot. Uh, He'll chapter, do anything for attention. Yeah. He really will. He really will. Um, Chapter four of the documentary is about how the crack epidemic was a virus and how it really did take over the entire country. You know, old, young, any walk of life. There were white people. There were journalists who was part of the documentary who talked about he got wrapped up in into a crack cocaine addiction. 
And they showed more footage of the devastation. They were talking about how women had a different currency than men did in this crack yeah. cocaine mm-hmm. economy. So men could steal and beat people up to get money for drugs. Women didn't have that option available to them. Or I think the the, the guy threw in a snide. Or, at least they didn't think they could. Yeah. Um, and, um, I didn't so, take it as snide. Uh, you didn't? Personally, no. no. I oh. thought it was uh, they didn't think that they could do it, but they might have been able to. Be- yeah. be- I think he meant in a more complicated way, the way society sort of trains right. women, women to think of things that they can and can't do. Right, exactly. And so he was actually criticizing the uh, society in the way that women are made to think that they can't do certain things. Like so. They can't do the things that men do. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But but you know he might have been snide. I don't know. But no, that's not I like, the way no. I took it. I, well, I, I, I'm going with that because that sounds way better. So <laughs> so um then they get into the women using their bodies as currency in order to feed their addiction. And meanwhile, still not one mention of services, harm reduction, therapy, anything. Nothing, Nothing. that we see yeah. now with the opioid. Opioid. Crisis, yeah. Which has mm-hmm. been treated. Vastly very different differently than, yeah. than the crack epidemic because of who was afflicted the most, who we saw afflicted. And the sound bites are wild. Like Hillary Clinton and her, these are super predators. Yeah. Can't remember what. Gosh, she looks so young too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that's then we can excuse her for saying something so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not like the Clintons back then. I didn't like them. They were uh, very centrist, almost oh. Republican. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, at the time, but I think they have changed. I think I think they've evolved. Evolved. I, I, right. Right. Yeah. And I think one thing that the documentary pointed out was that at the time, not only were white politicians and news media portraying black urban centers as like this crack war zone, jungle, wild, you know, zone, black people within the communities were also suffering, who were yeah. having to deal with the violence. Nobody was coming to help them. And Um, I think they they jumped on the bandwagon at first. Yeah. Yeah. Black people, black clergy, the church was like, we need to do something. What? And and the thing they knew to do was ask for more police. Right. So we get some really terrible laws that come to pass or acts or legislation. The first one was Ronald Reagan, I think, in 86, maybe 88. I don't know. Somewhere Um, around there. But it was some sort of drug act. And then there was the 94 crime bill written by Joe Byron, by the way, um, but signed by Clinton. And it basically ramped up policing, gave police lots more resources to, quote unquote, fight the war on drugs, which is really a war on people who are suffering, who Mm -hmm. skin is a darker hue. Um, And I think at the end of the documentary, they gave a statistic that there has been Several trillion dollars spent on the war on drugs, tons of police added to a bunch of big and small cities. It doesn't matter. Just send more police there. Yeah. And not much has really improved. And the, the statistics on the incarcerated was staggering. Something yeah. like there were 300,000 people in jail. And now then two million. Yeah. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. staggering. A 700 percent increase since Ronald Reagan signed that act. So I don't know what to say. I think I'd always heard as a kid, you know, the CIA brought crack into the black community, but it clearly is true. It's not a conspiracy theory, which, you know, I like it when conspiracy theories are proven right. (laughs) Um, but it's also really sad because it's all very obvious, especially with this archival footage and the voices of people who were there and experienced it. And I think at one of the legislator guys that he's a black house of representatives person. And he was like, seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But now that we know that it's not, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. So the way it ended was it brought me to tears. Oh. The guy, I think it's your your scientist guy. What's his name? Carl uh, Hart. Carl no, Hart. No. Yeah. 
Carl Hart. Yeah, Dr. Carl Hart. Yeah, who is a snack. I agree. Um, (laughs) But he said there's a proverb. He said, I go into my neighborhood and I say, where are my friends? And it echoes back, where are my friends? And that that made me tear up. Yeah, I at me, too. And I had to rewind it and also listen to an interview about the show because I, I didn't hear. I was like, who's Echo? (laughs) <laughs> i actually oh, did echo. i I, re- I listened to it twice too i rewinded it and listened to it because it was so affecting yeah very very what is the word poignant profound i don't yes. know you guys yes. Yes. yeah okay thanks mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah that was a really real that really got me i i wanted to say another silly thing about the anti-crack campaign the la lakers doing a rap Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was that song the kids no. that we're oh. doing? Uh, your mom is a crack whore? Yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I had never, I I was never like, what? heard that one. Your mama smokes crack. <laughs> and crack is whack. Crack, crack, crack. I had never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, that I hadn't either. Disturbing. It was like little kids. <laughs> yeah, little like, kids singing it. That's it was really disturbing. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very wrong. And again, so much money must have gone into those campaigns when we knew like alcohol has been around for a long time. People yeah. have had problems with alcohol for a long mm-hmm. time. And there I don't know when that drink responsibly slogan mm-hmm. came around, but there's been treatment for this kind of addiction. And it just wasn't treated with the no. same. Yeah. Um, it, when we knew better and we didn't yeah. do better. And that's yeah. embarrassing. And it I is. hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you hate it here? Uh, yeah, this you're not going to believe this. Yeah. But, uh, uh, America mm-hmm. is like your terrible, abusive parent mm-hmm. that you love very much, but you have a lot of notes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're not sure if you want a relationship with them anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, when well, when we were talking about cocaine earlier and addiction, but I do have a friend who did get addicted to, uh, I guess, effectively crack. And uh, she really spiraled. And it was wild. It was. Yeah. Because yeah, she went from, well, she had a she had a hard time of it. So the whole that era was very like they were into tough love and, and all this sort of thing. And she had struggled with other kinds of addictions when she was 13 years old. Her mom kicked her out of the house, um, which she's 13 years old. And then yeah. she kind of turned to sex work to be able to live. She was yeah. 13. Yeah, a baby. <laughs> and, uh, a yeah. Baby. And I remember asking her at one point, I said, uh, are, are you upset with your mom? And, and you know, she, you, were, you were just a child. And she said, well, what else was she going to do? I She couldn't control me. I was just going to do whatever the fuck I wanted. And she didn't want to, you know, call the police on me. I'm like, mm-hmm. so she kicked you out. She couldn't, you know, take you to therapy or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. it didn't really, you know, like you're saying it, it, it didn't really exist like treatment programs like we have now. They didn't exist. So her mom's solution was to kick her out of the house, you yeah. know, instead of getting yeah. her treatment. And, um, you know, I struggled through um, alcoholism and, and I felt like I was sort of after my own devices to to Mm -hmm. try to get away from it even though like our family went through a lot of therapy for many many years and that certainly helped yeah Um, but yeah at the time it was like you know the old pull yourself up by your own bootstraps thing you know it's like you're just weak you know you need to you need to kick your addiction in the ass yeah you you just need to be like like calvin yeah be like calvin (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) yeah so that was the attitude of the general public uh, yeah, overall time, yeah. and, and of the and time, tough yeah. love was tough was big. love yeah, yeah. All that's of a that, good you know that, yeah it's like you need to you need to kick your kid's ass in order to get them you know under control and so if, yeah if, it, it was always like finger pointing you know and it was mm-hmm. never like hmm maybe this is a problem because we need to give people better resources to be able to 
recover from these sorts of, of situations, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. So I'm like, I like, you know, but for the grace of God, there go I, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could, oh, yeah. things could have gone much worse for me. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm thankful that I'm just yeah. lucky that I yeah. don't have that addictive component. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said your family also went through like therapy and I, I want just like the resources and also the mentality. As far as the documentary goes, they focused a lot on BIPOC communities and with the unemployment being so high, I can't imagine that there was also resources. No, there wasn't. For, yeah. Right. For mental health. The only reason that we were else. able to do it is because our parents had, had the, the resources. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I just think that I like that this documentary gives us an opportunity to have a conversation about like All this very stuff. complex. Yeah. yeah. Situation and scenario that occurred in the 80s and 90s that still affects people today. Like I was thinking about all of those kids whose moms were taken away, right? Yeah. On camera. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma yes. I'm wondering. Yeah. Where are they yeah. now? Exactly. Where are they now? In jail, Whole generations probably. of people yep. just yeah. uh, traumatized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and all and forced and, into it. Yeah. And all they, uh, somebody, if somebody had just said, Hey, would you like some help today? <laughs> you know, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It have gotten mm-hmm. so different. And taking um, all that money that they spent on just putting addicts in people jail. People in jail. Yeah, spend it on, you know, the Mental therapy health. instead. Yeah. How much cheaper yeah. would that have been? Yeah. So much. So yeah. much. And how I'm productive not... people yeah. would have been instead of going to jail and being traumatized over mm-hmm. over again. Yeah. 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 What else? Uh, any other thoughts on the documentary? No, I, I just wanted to say thank you to Minnie for suggesting. Oh, yeah. This was yeah, a good one. This was I stumbled good across it because one. I was trying to find um, the, the previous other one. one that yeah. we watched. And I tried to find it on Netflix and it wasn't there. But they're like, you might like crack instead. <laughs> like, I might like crack. I might like, like. How do you know? <laughs> it's okay. So I, oh. I just wanted to say there's a positive end to my story with my friend. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So she eventually did get into treatment. So she eventually got off the drug and she went through the whole program and made amends to her friends. And now she's a social worker oh, and wow, I love she that. does really well. Yeah. And she, she's uh, helping people and living the good life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's why eventually she did manage to get out of it and, yeah. and actually used what uh, had happened to her to affect positive change help um, other people yeah, yeah to help other that's people. rad yeah i think yeah. i think she's that awesome is the i really goal. love her that's the goal of the documentary i think too yes to, mm-hmm. um on the positive reviews people were saying wow this is a real eye-opener yeah. and you know as an opportunity to sort of move the conversation forward on how we fix this um right. i will also say that as somebody kind of in the recovery space addiction um the way we talk about it now is different than it's what i saw in the different. documentary yeah, yeah. And so like even the idea of harm reduction, which is is different depending on you and your goals, but harm reduction for like heroin addicts is safe needle distribution or safe places where you can use the heroin um, and have access to Narcan. And so I just think that looking back on the 80s, it seems barbaric the way we treated the disease of addiction. And I think we've come a long way. And I think that that Overall is good. Yeah. It is good. <laughs> Any other thoughts, y'all? Whoop, whoop. That's a sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. Oh, yeah. That's a sound the of the one. Yeah. <laughs> I had that stuck in my head for days after watching. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that one down. And then yeah. there was Public Enemy. Yeah. Public Enemy song. Yeah. The, the soundtrack was Public really, Enemy. really good. Yeah. No way. Way the flave home's wig. cold, Use chilling my in a wig. Oh my god! Wow. I love Public Enemy. I saw, yeah. I've seen them. I've seen NWA. Um, Whoa. I remember them uh, chanting "fuck the police," and fuck we're all like, everyone is like, like "fuck the police." <laughs> and I remember at one point looking around and looking at the security guards, like they're kind of like nervous, like looking around, like, like "oh shit, is something about to happen." We're like, "Nah, we just want to chant." We, we just want to say "fuck the police." Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that is so cool! Oh my god, I love that. Oh, 
I, I, I didn't know at the time where all this was coming from. I mean, I understood, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but this documentary really made me understand what all, where all of this stuff was coming from at the time, you know? Yeah. 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 Kind of interesting music, when you think yeah. that Congress was like, we need to ban rap and hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> it's making yeah. kids oh, violent. Now, now yeah. they're going to ban TikTok. Oh yeah. yeah that's oh my right. God. <laughs> they always go for, yeah. yeah. It's like, this is Stupid. not what the problem is, guys. Right. Yeah. Yes. They always go for that. Or it was uh, also metal, metal music. Oh, yeah. To ban that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For a while, there was kind of a, so that one of the reasons I, I was also into hip hop and, and rap and stuff was there was sort of a crossover for a while between like metal bands and, and hip hop. Because a lot yeah. of the metal bands, some of them are stupid ass white supremacists, but on the other hand, some of them are uh, like to make political statements and rage against the machine, rage against the machine, yeah, Ice T's band, yeah. There was one. uh, What what were they called? Oh, Sacred Reich. They were an Arizona uh, Mm -hmm. thrash metal band, and they had at the time this song called Surf Nicaragua. Um, and so they were talking about the, the ridiculousness of what, uh, what we were doing in Nicaragua mm-hmm. and, you know, why, why the fuck are we there? You know, why, why are we doing yeah. this? Uh-huh. And, uh, it, that kind of popped into my head as well when, uh, during the documentary on talking What's about this band? Nicaragua. Ice Cold Slasher? They, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ice Cold Slasher. What, what did you say? They're called, uh, <laughs> Sacred Reich. Sacred Reich. Oh, Sacred okay. Reich. Yeah, what they were I... an Arizona thrash metal band. Yeah. Okay. Check them out on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> so the song is actually pretty catchy. And the, like the almost the feel of the music is the hip hop crossover with the metal. Um, like some of the, the hip hop of the time had a same feel to the music, like the some of the metal music, like some of the thrash metal music at the time. It just yeah. had this sort of pulsing, chanting kind of sound to it, you know? That, yeah. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I heard Toni Morrison say once it's the it's the job of the artist to comment on society and how fucked yeah. up it is, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's what these metal bands and hip hop was doing yeah. at the time. Yeah. But uh, for whatever reason, old people didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was like the danger. These days, yeah, exactly, exactly. And gosh, the more things change, the more things sound the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, boy, oh boy, this has been such a pleasure. That was a great documentary. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad you picked it, Minnie. Open to suggestions for next time. Anything you guys want to shout out, plug before we go? Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, well, right. this has been Fruit Loops Video Club with Minnie, Beth, and Mi- Mi- Minnie, Wendy. Uh, and <laughs> you're like mittens. Who? <laughs> and uh, look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. Ronald Reagan, he should be ashamed of himself. He should. (laughs) Taking the solar panels off the White House that Jimmy Carter put on. Just cut, 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 cut. Just being a dickhead. Make America Great Again turned into Make America a Pile of Doo-Doo. Tell me you're racist without telling me you're racist. Seriously, broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the street. It's like they just don't care. Can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. His name is Samson, but I've referred to him in my notes as dude. Um, (laughs) The dude abides. Ronald Reagan was like, well, how am I going to fund my bullshit? Okay, I wrote a diagram. Hang on. (laughs) Uh, Side note, it didn't work. And Nancy Reagan and her stupid ass don't just say no. <laughs> just this, say no. Yeah. Oh, it's I didn't know it was correct though. Because <laughs> but, yeah, still on my list of things to do, ladies. White lines. Yeah. Go blow away. Oh yeah, blow away. Yeah. <laughs> Something like a phenomenon, baby. <laughs> I have so much to learn. I learned it because... from watching you, Dad. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Geraldo. And there's nothing in that stupid vault. And I watched that for hours. Zero 
stars. Uh, <laughs> would not recommend. Would not recommend. <laughs> in retrospect. Opinion, yeah, in retrospect. <laughs> you know what? We all learned a valuable lesson about. I'm going with that because that sounds way better. Speaking of the doctor, there was this nurse. Oh, the nurse. I want to punch her in the nurse face Betty. twice. Betty. <laughs> yeah. And I hate it here. Yeah. You, know, you just need to just be like, like Calvin. Yeah. Be like Calvin. <laughs> job at if somebody had just said, hey, would you like some help today? But they're like, you might like crack instead. <laughs> like, I might like crack. I might like. How do you know? <laughs> it's okay. And I think we've come a long way. And I think that that overall is good. Yeah. It is good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sound of the police. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a sound of the beast. Yeah, I had that stuck in my head for days after watching. For whatever reason, old people didn't like it. Well, thank you, gals. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. okay. Good night. Good night. Right. Have a good night. Bye. Love this is Dr. Grande the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, <laughs> but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> you can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us.